are continuing to rapidly expand our capacity and confident that we have enough testing to begin reopening and the reopening process. We want to get our country open. I was out there on the beach, socially distanced. The officer obviously was not socially distancing himself when he was arresting me, nor did he socially distance me when he placed me in the back of his vehicle. Some beaches in San Diego County have reopened on a limited basis, but it's still not enough for a small but angry minority. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. We'll check up on the reopening of the beaches in just a moment. Plus, I'll be joined by soccer star and SD Loyal coach Landon Donovan about the possibility of getting sports events safely underway again. First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Monday, April 27th. Here are the latest coronavirus numbers from San Diego County. There are 98 new cases of COVID-19. That brings our total to 3,141. The county also announced two more people have died, bringing the local death toll to 113. Governor Gavin Newsom spoke about the crowds at some California beaches this weekend during his statewide update today. This virus doesn't take the weekends off. This virus doesn't go home uh, because it's a beautiful sunny day uh, around our coasts. Uh, The likelihood of having a virus-free world is not realistic in the next uh, number of months. We'll look forward to that day as herd immunity comes into effect and uh, we have a vaccine that we can distribute and make available uh, to hundreds of millions of people across this country, billions around the rest of the globe. Until then, we have to manage it. We have to manage risks. We have to manage and augment our behavior. And that's why I cannot impress upon you more uh, to those Californians watching that we can't see the images like we saw, particularly on Saturday in Newport Beach and elsewhere in the state of California. Look, I'm not naive. The overwhelming majority of our coastline uh, was uh, appropriately advanced, meaning the stay-at-home orders were advanced, the physical distancing, the social distancing on those beaches uh, was appropriate. You didn't see those images in L.A. beaches and San Diego beaches and Northern California around San Mateo County up further north towards Eureka uh, because we had strong guidelines that were not only adopted uh, but were abided by. The governor says we are weeks away from making meaningful changes to our social distancing orders, but only if Californians keep doing what they need to do. Locally, we've seen protests to try to get the beaches back open. We've heard admonitions from local officials to take it slowly and be very careful. And we're finally seeing some of those beaches getting back open. And joining me today is 10 News anchor Vanessa Van Hefty, who was covering the beach openings in San Diego and Encinitas today. Vanessa, first of all, I know there's a lot of rules. This isn't simply a free-for-all at the beaches. There's specific rules in place. What are some of them that people have to keep in mind if they're even going to think about going to the beach? Yeah, it's it's not a free-for-all. And there's definitely, we've seen today, a little bit of a learning curve for people so the, the six-foot rule still applies. So they want you six feet apart from everyone. Um, the, the big thing is you can't gather. There's no congregating. So you're not going to be able to go to the beach and put a towel out and lay out in the sun. This is strictly for exercise. That's what Mayor Kevin Faulkner really emphasized on Saturday when he had a news conference. You know, this is just an opportunity to get out there 
get your exercise in and get home. We saw people that you know, lifeguards were just swamped today and people that were standing around on their cell phones. You can't do that. You know, we, we saw people getting reprimanded for that. So, you know, we, we talked with the lifeguards later this afternoon to just see how they felt it went over. And they said, for the most part, people really were complying. But you can go in the water. Things like surfing and even swimming are okay as long as you're just getting to the beach, walking basically straight down to the water, and then when you leave, walking right back out and then leaving. Absolutely. So kayaking, fishing, swimming, surfing, running, walking on the sand, all of those things are okay. They're not allowing motorized boats at this time. That's something they said they may roll out in phase two. This is phase one. But absolutely, the the key is just keep moving. They don't want people standing around. They don't want any gatherings. And we checked in. There was a heavy presence with uh, sheriff's departments, all deputies up and down the beach. And we checked in, and they said they did make one arrest today. Um, That was in Encinitas, but that was related to the beach closure. So one arrest, but really the lifeguards and the sheriff's department both told me that people have been really good about this, really smart and, and, and paying attention to the rules. Finally, Vanessa, uh, obviously beaches in San Diego and Encinitas could get more overcrowded if other beaches don't open. Is that an issue? And what have you heard about some of the other county beaches possibly opening soon? Well, we know that's still being worked out in the case of Solana Beach, Del Mar, they're still kind of mapping out a, a game plan. And I know Rachel Bianco is working on that story for tonight. But, um, you know, the, the Encinitas Beach, I mean, that decision was was made just last night. So I think a lot of these communities are, are you know, making those decisions right now and certainly discussing those and seeing how this goes over with the city with this reopening today. Vanessa, always great to chat with you. Thank you so Thanks, much. Jen. Nurses and healthcare workers in the North County are again protesting their temporary layoffs. Nurses and caregivers from both Palomar Health and Tri-City Medical Center want layoff notices to be withdrawn. A spokesperson for Palomar Health says the hospital has been losing $800,000 in revenue a day for several weeks. We know there are a lot of questions about how San Diego businesses are adapting to reopen when the time comes. And we're committed to getting those answers as part of our new series, The Rebound. 10 News anchor Lindsay Pena is looking into how the restaurant industry is gearing up for a new era in dining out. Except for carryout or delivery, eating out has been off the menu for weeks now. But eventually, our favorite restaurants will reopen. And when they do, you can definitely expect to see some changes. We don't want you to feel like you're at a hospital. So, but we'll just be following, you know the guidelines and do everything we can to be a part of the solution. Eric Adler is one of the co-founders and owners of Puesto Mexican Restaurants with locations here in San Diego and across Southern California. He says as a whole, the food and beverage industry is already familiar with how to keep people from getting sick. It's part of their job. Restaurants are ahead of the game in this just because food sanitation is so important to to us. I mean, you know, prior to this and going forward. He says every employee will be wearing masks and gloves. Servers will be waiting on you at tables at least six feet apart, and the things you touch should be mostly single use. So disposable menus um, makes a lot of sense, and that's that'll be a change for us. And then we're looking at other at other options with how we, you know, with napkins and utensils and, and plates, and we're just 
we're exploring everything right now. Adler also thinks the more outdoor seating businesses can have, the better. Lindsay Pena, 10 News. Restaurants in states like Georgia and Tennessee have reopened to dine-in customers. We're helping you stay one step ahead of what's open and what the rules are as businesses start to return to work. You can find it all under the Rebound section of our website, 10news.com slash rebound. Spain has had some of the toughest social distancing guidelines. That's forced residents to get a little creative to get some fresh air. People aren't supposed to leave their houses at all unless they're essential workers, but they are allowed to walk their pets. Spanish National Police say they've stopped people walking with hens and fish in tanks. One guy was even walking a stuffed dog. Spain's lockdown will continue until at least May 9th. Kids under the age of 14 can now go outside for an hour a day. Soccer legend Landon Donovan had just begun his first season coaching San Diego's newest soccer team in the USL, the SD Loyal, when the coronavirus shut down sports across America. Now conversations are taking place about how to get leagues back underway again, with or without fans in the stands. I had a chance to speak to Landon about the possibility of soccer returning to San Diego sometime this summer. So if you read the tea leaves and you read between the lines of what our politicians say, of what health experts say, uh, again, it's still still unknown, but you're starting to get the sense that the idea of playing in front of packed stadiums uh, until there's a vaccine is probably unlikely. Now, can you play in front of some semblance of a stadium with people appropriately social distanced? Um, I guess perhaps. But what you're seeing from a lot of leagues is r- rumors, but also some more substantiated reporting that um, in Germany, for instance, they're going to open, they're going to start, they're going to look to start in mid-May uh, with games behind closed doors. And the players will all be basically in a bubble. They'll all live in one hotel or a couple hotels. They won't leave those hotels. They'll just go to the stadium to practice back home and then go to the stadium to play games. Uh, I think we've heard that with baseball might do something like that in Arizona. The NBA, I think, is looking at L.A. or Vegas where the players are basically in a bubble. But at least so they can play games. And I think the bigger issue is give some people something to watch and something to look forward to and some hope um, instead of watching reruns of, of Seinfeld and Friends all day. So I think that that could be a scenario that we could see in USL too, assuming it goes well in the other leagues. Yeah, I mean, and fi- financially it, it makes sense for big leagues with big television contracts to come back because they can make money off of advertising and ratings even without big crowds in the stands. And the USL is a little different. I mean, you know, we saw what the Loyal had already uh, engendered, a lot of support in San Diego, ticket sales, merchandise, stuff like that. I mean, the costs, though, of putting on a season, the travel for all your team, the training, the salaries and stuff, it's not like you guys have a big, you know, ESPN TV deal that, you know, is paying probably, you know, the full freight for this season. Is that a potential issue in bringing, you know, back the USL for this summer if there's no fans or fewer fans? Yes. No, it's a great question. And the challenge with us is we're a ticket sales uh, driven league, right? It's not all of our revenue, but it's a big part of our revenue. The NBA doesn't rely on ticket sales. The NFL doesn't rely on ticket sales. They rely on TV money and sponsorships. Now, what you're trying to weigh is, is their value 
And yes, there is absolutely monetary value in having games that are on TV. So your sponsors are still, or your partners are still being supported um, through through the broadcast. Uh, and then the other thing that's important for this league, and especially our team, is what is the value of just playing this year, right? What does it mean to all these tens of thousands of San Diegans who have jumped on board and are supporting us actually just playing games so they can watch and support their local team every week. And I'm sure every league and team is thinking about it similarly, but to this league being relevant um, as we were in the first part of March matters. So these are all things we're trying to balance and figure out. Of course, the starting point with all that has to be the health of, of people, right? But if there's a way to do it, that can make financial sense and get us out and playing again, then we absolutely want to do it. Tell me about the um, the teaming up with Rady Children's Hospital and what you guys are trying to, try to do and how people can get involved and help. It's been awesome, honestly, guys. I think when this all started, uh, a lot of people feel helpless. You know, we're some of the lucky ones who, for now, are still getting paid. We still have um, a... a semblance of a normal life you guys still get to do your show um, yep. but there are a lot of people who who need lots and lots of help so people in our position are feeling helpless and we spoke to Rady and they have every year they have their dream walk dream big walk and it was slated for may 2nd next week and obviously they're not going to have it right you're not gonna have people walking around each other so they really really rely on this this is their biggest fundraiser of the year so we said how can we help and so we we came up with a plan to have a, a challenge between us three coaches, myself, Carrie, and Nate, getting people on our team to donate money. And I think we thought, you know, it's it's a little difficult to get people in these times to raise money, and we've been blown away. We started with a goal of $30,000, and we blew through that in a week. Um, so now we're up near 40000 so we raised our goal to 45000 which I think we're going to have to raise again. I, I am shocked and truly, honestly, truly inspired by how many people are willing to help others in times like this. I've gotten notes from people saying, you know, I'd love to donate 50 bucks, but I'm really struggling, so I'm going to donate 25 bucks. And I'm just thinking, like, what an amazing human being. And we're hearing that over and over and over. So I'm really inspired by it. 91% uh, of families go through Radi at some point in their life. So this, this hospital takes care of basically everybody in San Diego. And we're trying to support them in any way we can. So you can check out our social media channels. You can find one of our teams. It is a competition, but in the end, we just want money going to these children's and children and families who desperately need it. So five bucks, ten bucks, anything you can do is literally saving people's lives right now. So we really appreciate it. You can catch more of that interview with Landon Donovan tomorrow morning on our Ben and Woods radio show on 97.3 The Fan. Finally, it's my goal to wrap up our podcast with a little good news, even if it may seem hard to come by at times. Loss of smell could be a sign that a COVID-19 infection will be fairly mild. Researchers at UCSD say it could help doctors determine which patients can recover at home. A new study says identifying this early symptom may preserve hospital resources for those who are critically ill or who have underlying health conditions. Similar findings were reported for loss of taste. 10 News is tracking the number of coronavirus cases in San Diego County. Just go to 10news.com and click on our local COVID tracker. There you can find the breakdown of local cases by age and gender. You can also see the geographic location using our interactive map. 
We also have a list of resources, including how you can help those in need of supplies and how to identify coronavirus symptoms. Just go to 10news.com or download our free 10 News mobile app. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins. And remember, we're all in this together. 